Good afternoon. Hi everybody, my name is Garth Fort. Um, happy to have you with me for a, an hour or so today. Um, also, super happy to have Shia Jem. She's really the star of the show. I want to thank her there. She's really going to get up and talk from a customer experience on sort of how she's used Matillion at Citrix, and she'll really be kind of the core of the presentation. But I wanted to kind of just take the, uh, the hour. I'm going to talk a little bit about what we hear from customers. Uh, I want to spend a little bit of the time talking about AWS Marketplace and kind of what it is. It's, it's a five-year-old service at AWS, uh, one that's grown really quickly but not super well-known. Um, we've got tons and tons of big data sessions throughout sort of AWS, and so I'm not going to go super deep to any one of the technologies, but I want to kind of do a flyby, if you will, on sort of how we think about sort of data and big data solutions in the marketplace and, and some of the success stories we've had with customers as they've gotten in there. Um, so what we hear from customers, a lot of this is fairly straightforward. Um, you know, customers, as they move to the cloud, it's not all about just moving data. We've got Snowball, we've got Snowmobile, we've got lots of different ways to do a one-time ingestion of data. But once you actually have all your data in the cloud, it's about how do you collect that information, how do you store that information, how do you extract data out of that uh, with analysis tools and ultimately sort of get more value out of it and consume the insights that come up out of that data. Uh, one of the big things you'll hear this week, and I'm going to not to be able to sort of foreshadow but not go into a lot of detail about what's going to get announced tomorrow, but we're really excited to stand up a lot of new offerings in Marketplace that support some advanced uh, analytics, machine learning capabilities that are going to be sort of announced in more detail tomorrow. But I'll give you a sneak peek of some of the stuff that's coming uh, in today's session. Um, you know, big, big data on AWS uh, has been sort of a core part of AWS. We've got what we feel is one of the broadest offerings in the industry. This really got started you know, in, the, in the very origin myth of AWS in 2006 with S3, which now supports exabytes of data, as you know. Um, we've got RDS, uh, which supports six different database engines. We announced uh, Elastic MapReduce in 2009. Uh, that supports Hadoop, Spark, Presto, and a variety of other uh, open source frameworks. We've got Athena to do native querying on your data stored in S3. Uh, 2012, we introduced Redshift, a fully managed uh, data warehouse application, and then we got Kinesis in 2013, QuickSight, et cetera. And so Amazon continues to sort of innovate, listening to customers and figure out how we can actually sort of add additional value around big data scenarios. You know, but like many things, like the, the strength of our, our, our offering, we believe, is, is really bolstered by sort of the power of the ecosystem around there. And if you look at AWS, uh, the marketplace today, we have over 290 sort of big data solutions specifically that are built by third parties and available through the marketplace. And I'm going to spend a couple of minutes here uh, just by show of hands. Any users of the marketplace in the room? Okay, maybe 10% maybe of the room. So I might take my time. I'll go through a couple of these slides in a little bit of detail. Uh, even if you've used Marketplace in the past, I want to kind of highlight some of the new stuff sort of year over year from, from reInvent last year to this year that's, that's come on. Um, we started early on, uh, five years ago. It was started really as just uh, a basic, think about it as a library. It was ready-made Amazon machine images, about 250 of them when we debuted the service, so the customers could very quickly get started. About 80% of the customer interactions with Marketplace actually come through the EC2 console. So if you're sitting in the EC2 console and you go to create a new instance, you can choose what the EC2 team calls Quick Start, so they have about 33 different images there. You can choose a community AMI. There are about 68,000 images that have been produced by the community, or you can actually go pull images directly out of the Marketplace. And we've got about 4,200 offerings in there, 400 operating systems, a lot of free BYL offerings, et cetera. Um, you know, when we got started, we had about 15 to 20 ISVs that were participating. Today, we've got over 1,280. Uh, this week, we crossed 4,200 product listings. Um, and then in increasingly, we've got a lot of offerings in there that are 
Um, license in a lot of different ways, but BYOL, bring your own license, is a very common uh, license type. We have a lot of customers who kind of use Marketplace as sort of preparing their landing zone. As they migrate their on-premise estate from their data center into Amazon, it's nice to be able to go through and basically just pick sort of all of the software that you use on-prem and make sure that it's going to be available in that library through the Amazon Marketplace. And so that's a very common use case. In many cases, customers are not buying through the Marketplace, um, but they're basically using the licenses that they acquired through their own channel or their own sort of relationship with a vendor, and they're just using Marketplace to sort of uh, deploy it very, very quickly. Um, our, our library of images, 4,200 images there, we scan them 24-7. Uh, they're constantly getting updated. Uh, you know, those 400 OS images that are in there, um, they're patched nearly daily. CVEs, when they're found, we sort of identify them. We kick images back to the vendors who patch and then republish on a continuous basis. And so we've got this library that is constantly current and curated um, and available in 15 regions plus uh, for public sector customers, in particular in the intelligence community, we've got a special marketplace uh, that we created there with a special library that's curated uh, just for customers in the intelligence community in the United States. Uh, we've got about 160,000 active customers. That's up from about 100,000 this time last year. Uh, and then when we look at sort of the, the raw consumption, we've got about 481 million EC2 instance hours per month. Uh, that is driven by stuff that's pulled directly out of Marketplace. So customers use us as a ready-made library. They pull images out, uh, and they get that get going really quickly. Um, so a lot of the benefits that, that sort of people will tell us they like the Marketplace, you get going in minutes, not, not months. Uh, procurement's super easy. You can point, click, deploy. We've got a lot of BYOL. It's great for test and evaluation. Uh, we've got a lot of flexible pricing options. I'm going to talk a little bit about that uh, with some, some new stuff that we announced just recently. And then it's really flexible. So um, we support all the sort of deployment methodologies that you would expect from Amazon, uh, including some new ones, which I'll talk about in a second. Uh, the flexible pricing options, uh, when you think about sort of procuring traditional perpetual licenses from software vendors in the past, uh, we've kind of turned that on its head. And we've adopted a very cloud-friendly licensing model. Uh, you can do free trials out of Marketplace. You can do hourly. You can do monthly. You can do annual, multi-year. There's BYOL. And then more recently, we've announced this notion of private offers. And so if you've got a relationship with a vendor that sells through Marketplace, but you've pre-negotiated and agreed upon volume discount, we can honor that for purchases that actually happen through Marketplace. And so uh, whether that's special pricing or special commercial terms, uh, private offers allows you to basically buy from the vendor on terms that you've negotiated that are just unique to you. Um, but everybody in the organization basically gets to buy the pre-negotiated commercial terms and the pre-negotiated price, and we just basically support that and then give you that on an integrated bill. Uh, we actually have, for ISVs, we have 24 different metering dimensions. We're constantly sort of innovating. ISVs have um, a nearly infinite amount of creativity when they think about different ways to monetize their software. Uh, as you guys know, recently EC2 went from per hour to per minute billing. Um, and so we've got ISVs that are asking us to figure out ways to go to permanent billing, and we're going to figure that out shortly. Uh, and then as we start embracing new deployment types uh, like machine learning, algorithms, containers, Lambda functions, et cetera, um, many of these are very ephemeral, sort of, uh, they exist very quickly. And, you know, they maybe come into existence for milliseconds or minutes, and then they disappear. And so we're going to have to sort of figure out how we can continue to innovate and just keep track with uh, the deployment models uh, that customers are using. Uh, in terms of the flexible deployment types, as I said, when we got started back in the good old days, uh, you know, we started with just Amazon machine images. Uh, as CloudFormation has come on and CloudStacks, et cetera, we've sort of kept pace with that. Uh, we support CloudFormation templates for about a year. About a month ago, we announced support for something called 
basically clusters and resources for multi, uh, multi-AMI resources. So if you have very complex deployments, um, you know, monitoring firewalls and other type deployments might have a head node that sort of collects signals that come from a lot of different feeder nodes. Uh, we support multi-AMI deployments as of a couple of weeks ago. Uh, CloudBase and others have listings in there today. Uh, last year, we announced support for SaaS. So for customers that have built fully managed SaaS offerings that run on AWS, you can actually find those, discover, try those, and buy them directly through Marketplace. Um, we support APIs uh, via our, our, Microsoft, our, sorry, our, our metering gateway. Um, so you can, um, we have about a handful of vendors who are starting to do that. As we move more into machine learning and data sets, we think that API is going to be a much more popular way for people to actually vend their IP through. And then we have this new thing that we just announced in preview this week around private image build. Um, so one of the things that customers have given us a lot of feedback for uh, over the years is that Marketplace is a great place to try lots of different things uh, and experiment really quickly, et cetera. Like one very common usage pattern, the majority of our users will actually uh, use the Marketplace. They'll buy something for a number of weeks, anywhere from 14 to 16 weeks. They'll do a proof of concept, and they'll, they'll end up sort of tearing that down and then going outside of Marketplace to do procurement. Uh, they do that because they can get a better price from a different vendor, which we now support. They did that because they could get a different commercial set of terms, which we now support custom terms. And then lastly, oftentimes when customers want to go into production, they don't want to use the vendor-supplied operating system that comes with their image. Um, the CISOs in many of our big accounts have very sort of strict guidelines on what operating system patch to what standard actually is going to be used for production. And so with private image build, we actually allow you to take the software out of Marketplace and then marry that with your own custom gold images and then actually build that as a custom AMI that we can then automate the deployment of there uh, into production there. So um, we just continually take feedback. We support uh, packages in MSI, RPM, and Debian. And so that's a new one that's in preview this week. Uh, and we expect that's going to unlock a lot of production deployments going forward. Um, some other stuff that's sort of new year on year. Uh, I talked about private offers. It's the ability to support that custom negotiated pricing and custom terms. Uh, we announced private link today. We've got five vendors today, uh, SaaS vendors that support private link available through Marketplace. Makes it super easy for you to uh, sort of connect your VPC to a SaaS vendor's VPC using human-readable DNS names and endpoints. Um, that allows you to basically keep the traffic from your data center and your VPC to the SaaS provider that's traveling all over AWS-owned uh, fiber, and so that's never traversing the public internet. So that was uh, announced this morning. Um, we also announced uh, in the GPS Summit a feature called Enterprise Contract for AWS Marketplace. Uh, this is sort of unique and only available through the AWS Marketplace, but uh, we've spent effectively the last year working with a consortium of about 30 large companies who are purchasers out of the marketplace and about 20 different vendors who sell through the marketplace, um, haggling to come up with a, uh, a unified set of terms uh, for all of their offerings that are purchased through the AWS marketplace. Um, so this involved you know, somewhere on the order of 70 lawyers in about a year, sort of like looking at contracts, redlining, and going back and forth. Um, but we feel like this is something that's going to sort of unlock a lot of deployment of the 4,200 images that we have in Marketplace from 1,280 different vendors. There's probably 1,000 different end-user license agreements sort of that, that are there, and that's sort of a big headache for legal and procurement teams because they have to review sort of every end-user license agreement to make sure that's not going to put the company at risk. Using enterprise contract, companies can rest assured knowing that anything that's purchased through that enterprise contract is purchased under a uniform set of terms that have already been pre-approved by counsel and by the procurement teams. And then lastly, I've touched on private image build. That, again, is in preview starting this week. 
Uh, we've got uh, software in 35 different categories. The eight that I'm showing here on screen are the most popular. Um, you know, so whether you're a small startup, a small business, or you're the largest enterprise, you can kind of go from the left operating systems are the most horizontal. We've got about 400 different operating systems there. Pick your poison. We've got uh, every version of Windows that is uh, that you'd want to deploy on. And, and um, actually, this is incomplete. We also have Amazon Linux, and then all the commercially interesting versions, uh, distributions of Linux out there as well. Uh, security storage, networking, those again are very horizontal workloads. Those are kind of the bread and butter of marketplace today. But uh, the ones to the right of the slide are actually where we're seeing the most growth uh, over the last 12 months. So database, media, development, and then BI in particular uh, has really started to explode uh, through the marketplace. Um, this, this week we're really excited to announce we've got over 145 new listings that have come into the marketplace just this month from 35 new ISVs. I'm going to come back to this in a little bit after I sort of, uh, after she has kind of taken us through her example to highlight a few of those that are uh, super relevant to the machine learning uh, and, and a lot of the new stuff that's coming out of that. So solutions and marketplace, you can kind of think about those, data integration, analysis and visualization, advanced analytics, and then IT operational intelligence. This is a small sampling of some of the offerings that are in marketplace today. Um, and, and as we get into data integration, uh, a lot of the core of our customer use cases around people getting a lot of their core data into Amazon, Redshift, uh, and then using that as kind of the backbone of their fully managed data warehouse. Um, traditional, uh, traditional methods for extract, transform, and load have largely been turned on their head in the cloud. Companies like Matillion have built great solutions that sort of uh, extract, load, and then transform that gives big performance and agility benefits. Uh, Matillion's got a great solution, but I'm going to hold questions if we can on Matillion. Uh, we have Ed, who's the co-founder and CTO, and he's going to come join me for questions on Matillion. And so we'll talk about that uh, at the end. But without further ado, I'd love to introduce Shia Jem, who's going to talk to us a little bit about how Citrix is using... Oh. And you'll have to give us a second here as we get the machine woken up again. Thanks, you want to do slides or demo first? Um. I think I'm going to switch to the demo and then I'll come back to slides. That'll be safer. Awesome. Okay. Hello, everyone. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm Shia Jam, and I work for Citrix. I'm a database person, and I work with a variety of database technologies, um, both relational as well as NoSQL. Citrix, as many of you know, has made a name for itself in the virtualization market with the optimal and secure delivery of apps. ShareFile within Citrix is a collaboration platform with the secure sharing of files. Also has sync systems in it. Uh, we have custom workflows and um, we pretty much support almost all of the document-centric tasks that an organization may need, be it the business being big or small. So what you're seeing here is a real-time dashboard powered by our event analytics project, Redshift and Metillion. This time of the day, you, you tend to see more activity uh, in the US and parts of Europe. But later towards the, day, towards the end of the day, um, I've seen, uh, I've seen uh, Asia and Australia light up. So how did we do this? This project started in 2016 when we decided to use Redshift as our event database. At about this time, we started working on our event pipeline project. And as part of the project, we enabled our application to start publishing events that were moved into S3 and up into Redshift. 
Every time you see a bulb light up over here, that is a user on our share file platform doing one of our core operations. Up here, towards the top, where you see those numbers changing, those are our core operations, and the events that we first started publishing line up with that. Uh, the very first one are our file uploads. That's the number of files that are being uploaded just at this time. And beneath that, you see about 1.2 billion, and that's the number of files that have been uploaded over the past year. As I make my way along that uh, ribbon over there, you see the upload GB. Those are file sizes. Uh, the downloads then, the download GB, the shares, and logins. Each of those um, are in line with our core operations. So file uploads, downloads, shares, creates, and sends, and user login information. So the event database has been great. We have a ton of events. We have upwards of 4 billion events. And it's been able to drive metrics and give us insight into data that we did not have visibility into before. Um, just like you saw, we're able to look at average uploads, downloads, the stress on our system. We're able to trend user activity through the day. It's been great. But what we noticed was that we were being posed with questions that went beyond the realm of just event data. We started seeing questions along the, line of, along the lines of, um, well, it's great that this user logged in, but which account does this user belong to? Is that account an enterprise account? Is it a partner account? How long has the account been with us? Uh, what's the cumulative activity that they do on our platform? Questions like that. We realized that to answer those questions, we had to, find, we had to source our data from not just the event database, but also from our relational database systems. Now, ShareFile, our architecture of our relational database systems is spread out. We have scaled horizontally as well as vertically. So we are a multi-tenant, multi-database system. And as, as of this time, we have about 30 databases. So bringing data up from our relational database up into Redshift was not going to be trivial. We decided to tackle it anyway. And uh, as part of our first iteration, we chose SSIS. Why SSIS? Because our RDBMS technology is SQL Server. So it made sense to use what we had. As we started building out the SSIS packages, we realized that it was great for transforming data on SQL Server. But when it came to moving it up into S3 and Redshift, we realized that there was no out-of-the-box support, which meant that we had to go out and write code or find plugins to somehow magically get this all up there. It wasn't working. Each workflow took upwards of a week. And we quickly realized that if we were going to make our project deadlines, we would have to find technology that worked for us. Maintenance wasn't easy as well. Every time something went wrong, we had to go through the whole unpacking of the package, go through it step by step, and then we had all this custom code going on. It was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. The other thing that we needed of, out of this project was to be able to eventually transition it to our analytics team. Our analytics team is great, but they did not want to mess around with an SSIS package. So we went out there and started looking for a good solution that would work for us. We came upon Metillion in the AWS marketplace. Right about this time, we were talking to our um, AWS contact, who also recommended Metillion. So we decided to go out and try it. Procuring and configuring Metillion from the marketplace 
came in at just under two hours. Uh, this hadn't happened before. Two hours, we had the software up and running. The next step was to do a quick proof of concept to make sure it would actually work for us. For the proof of concept, we decided to go very small. We were going to pick one table from our relational system, move it up into S3, Redshift, merge it with one of our event tables, um, do some transformations, write it out, and see how it worked. It turned out to be a fantastic experience. Um, just about a day later, we had it running end-to-end. -end. We had it running completely end-to-end. Um, this is because Metillion has a very intuitive user interface. It makes the whole moving of data from your uh, relational system up into Redshift completely transparent. All you have to do is put in your S3 folder location, point to the table that you want the data to go into, um, configure the SQL endpoint, and it was done. A great thing is, once you have these three things configured, at the most, you might have to change your table name if you had to pull in another data point. It made it that easy for us. Merging of data was easy as well. Now, Metillion has components that allows you to, to filter data, split data, do everything you want, but also gives the flexibility for SQL users to be able to write their own custom scripts. So this product works for um, SQL people like me. I prefer coding it in there, as well as, for instance, our marketing team who are able to get in there and get the components lined up and have a custom workflow built. This is one of the dashboards that we were able to build by merging data from our relational system and our event database. On the upper left corner, you're seeing event details, <coughs> and that looks very, very transactional, and that's because that's where it came from. The trending of the data has come together with the merging of the two data points. Um, we've merged in our relational system data with our event data. Next up, partner usage. Like I mentioned earlier, questions were posed around what kind of an account is this? On the left side, again, you see the relational data. On the right, we've transformed it, uh, breaking it up partners by industry. And below that, you're seeing the active partners. The bigger the circle out there, um, the more active that particular partner has been on our system. Feature usage. This is a dashboard that has been extremely useful for Citrix. What we started doing was every time we rolled out a feature, we enabled the application to start publishing events for that particular feature. We then looked at the data points in our relational system that jived with that feature and brought it up. What this meant was the moment we rolled out a feature um, out to the public, we were able to look at real-time metrics on how that particular feature was being used. How is the adoption of that feature? How many people are using that feature? And how are they using it? If they, did, if they aren't using it the way we meant it to be used, it means that we need to work on our usability more. If they, are, if they aren't adopting it as much as we ex expected them to adopt it, maybe we need to tweak that feature to tailor it for the IUs. Um, this particular dashboard has come in very handy um, for existing features as well. Those features that we thought were never being used, surprisingly, were being used quite well. So we increased support for those features. And then there were features that weren't being used much at all. Um, those are the features that we have looked to update as well as uh, potentially even deprecate. So um, this is just one slide from that dashboard. 
deals with encrypted emails. The color coding that you're seeing indicates uh, which tool a user used to use that particular feature. And the red shows that um, it came in from an Outlook plugin. The green is um, from our ShareFile web platform. This particular dashboard has been of particular use to our internal users, uh, especially our product marketing group uh, uses this feature. Um, and like I said, every time a new feature goes out now, we roll the metrics out with it. These are numbers around how Metalion has helped us. Um, to date, we have moved about 10 million records into our relational, from our relational system into Redshift. The data transformed is much higher because this is where we merged Metalion. We used Metalion to merge data between our events and uh, our relational systems, 1.2 billion. We have several projects in flight. They are in testing at this time, and we expect by the end of the quarter to have increased the number of uh, data points coming in from our relational system all the way up to 50 million, and the data to be transformed to, to, to 2 billion. So all in all, Metalion has been a great solution for us. Um, it has helped us scale. We have been able to connect to all 30 of our relational databases and pull data up from them. Maintenance has been a very easy thing to accomplish on, on, on Metalion. Uh, like I mentioned, it has a very uh, user-friendly and intuitive user interface. You're able to look at the custom workflows out there. Every component out there is laid out in a good grid-like fashion and uh, troubleshooting is very easy as well. Speaking of maintenance, uh, we are using Metalion to maintain our Redshift data as well. Um, vacuum and data analyze are being scheduled through Metalion for us. In terms of transition, we have our analytics team using this. They are an end user team and they have adopted Metalion. Our marketing team is evaluating Metalion as well as they plan to use it with uh, Marketer. All in all, a big success story uh, for Citrix by using Metalion. Before I hand this back to Garth, um, I'd like to thank Sean Edmondson and Robert Jacobowski, who have relentlessly worked, relentlessly worked on this project. I'd also like to thank our uh, partners from Metalion, who have been with us every step of the way. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, I, will, I will move relatively quick through the next set of slides just to kind of give you a sense of some of the other uh, big data and analytics solutions that are available in the marketplace, report generation, data analysis and visualization, and then BI, of course. Uh, those are kind of big sellers through the marketplace. You can see some of the leading industry names there. Uh, I want to talk quickly about Thrive Industries. Um, Thrive, if you guys know them, they're, a, they're a, um, an e-commerce startup with a mission to sell lots and lots of healthy food. Um, it's a small firm. Um, but they've gone from zero to $100 million in, in 14 months. Um, and one, of the, one of the challenges they had when they were scaling up quickly uh, was actually being able to sort of get a 360-degree view of who their customers were and what they were doing, kind of a, a smaller-scale version of the problem I think uh, she was talking about with ShareFile. Um, they were able to sort of put everything together using solutions kind of ready-made. Um, it was using Redshift as the underlying data warehouse. They used Tableau. They used Matillion again. Uh, Tableau as the visualization effort. But they actually, they were able to basically get um, 10 million records per hour moved into their, into their uh, data warehouse using Matillion. Uh, and they were able to get 100 users of Tableau up and running within 36 hours. And so again, you'll see this theme. I won't sort of drain it, but again, Marketplace is all about sort of giving you ready-made solutions that get you quicker to value. 
uh, off the shelf and then sort of clicks away, minutes away from production deployments, not, uh, not months. Uh, and so minutes, not months. Um, I'm going to kind of move through some of the advanced analytics uh, scenarios around route uh, optimization and location intelligence. You'll see at the bottom of each of these slides, uh, when you get home, if you want to go sort of explore in more detail, we've got uh, category pages that give you a lot more detail on the solutions and the individual uh, partners that are lighting that up. Uh, on deep learning, I want to take a minute uh, just to kind of flip over and show you a new page that we launched yesterday. This one. Um, and so this is a little bit of the foreshadowing. You're going to hear a lot more about this from Andy tomorrow morning, about some, uh, some advances that we're making in machine learning and artificial intelligence. But our partners uh, in the marketplace uh, have been really busy. A lot of the new partners that have come into the marketplace uh, this year uh, around data solutions around big data, Trifacta, uh, data wrangling um, is a great one. Uh, you can get into machine learning and data science tools. We've got a whole bunch of, of new partners there. And then when you get into intelligence solutions, uh, offerings from companies like Clarify, um, you know, leading uh, image processing, uh, and, uh, artificial intelligence out there. And so this page launched yesterday, and you'll hear more about some uh, exciting news from Andy tomorrow uh, in his keynote. And then... Um, lots of great use cases around e-commerce recommendations, uh, propensity models and sort of how you can figure out who's going to buy what next. As you can imagine, that's sort of a core competency of Amazon. We kind of think about that quite a bit. And we're excited to have uh, lots of offerings to partners that are going to help you figure out how to make e-commerce better. Uh, I won't drain this. This very similar sort of use case, what I talked about with Thrive. Uh, Sage, human capital management. Again, it was a company that didn't have a big technical staff, but they were able to uh, find a solution ready-made from Tisco, Tidco, Tipco Jaspersoft uh, out of the marketplace. Uh, and they really put sort of a lot of advanced analytics around their recruiting pipeline data. Uh, and they were able to sort of increase their revenue. This is a uh, headhunting recruiting firm, if you will. Um, and they were able to increase their pipeline, their visibility, and their transparency back to their end customers, uh, building uh, solutions using Tipco Jaspersoft. And then let me kind of go ahead and skip. I think um, I'm going to skip the rest of the slides. I'm going to invite Ed and Shia back uh, up here with me. And I think we can just open it up for Q&A. Uh, for the remainder of our session. Ted, do you want to introduce yourself real quick? Do we have a mic for Ed, or should I just give him? I can fill the room. You can fill the room, thank you. Hi, I'm uh, Ed Thompson, uh, CTO of Matillion. Um, so uh, she did a fantastic uh, job of uh, kind of explaining what, what, what Citrix were able to do with the product. Uh, but uh, I thought it'd be useful for, for anybody who's interested in asking any further questions. If we can want to dive into it a little bit more deeply, I'm, I'm here to ask questions. Uh, yeah, excellent, thank you very much. Uh, so yeah, any questions on, on, on what Citrix achieved or, or on, on Matillion itself um, that we can, we can answer now? Or on the marketplace, of course. Really? This is a perfect presentation. <laughs> I've never given a perfect presentation. <laughs> Question. So it's a number of things. Um, I think 
from the sort of uh, the retail-like purchase experience is one of the important things for Matillion. So the fact that uh, uh, you know all consumers are getting used to app store-style purchases, uh, and that marketplace gives you that app store-style purchase experience. So it gets them up, you know, get you up and running with the product in in five minutes, essentially inside your own AWS environment. That's a key advantage. Being billed through the AWS billing system is a key advantage because it uh, it cuts out procurement in certain organizations because uh, it can just be added to their AWS bill. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, the other uh, the real advantage, of course, is the close partnership we have with the marketplace team. So uh, we, we do a lot together around marketing and things like that and promotion of the product. Uh, and, and that's a real adva ad advantage from, from, from our point of view. There's probably a couple of other things I've not missed. There. I don't know if you want to add anything to that, Garth. No, I think, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Um, just to build a little bit on, on that, the um, integrating into the customer's bill I think is, is kind of understating it. Like there is a uh, enormous amount of infrastructure field that Amazon has had to build to, to you know, support millions of customers and multiple currencies and you know, close to 200 different countries around the world and 16 regions, et cetera. Um, all that stuff basically comes for free for vendors that sell through marketplace. Um, and as we continue to make innovations and figure out ways to you know, settle in more currencies and sort of like you know, be very customer friendly in the way that customers want to do business with AWS, all that effectively accrues free uh, to the vendors without having to do, I mean, Matillion's not a huge shop. No, that's absolutely right. We're yeah. a 48 man business. Yeah, there you go. And and so they're getting a lot of, they're getting to ride, if you will, on a lot of the uh, commercial infrastructure that AWS has to build um, just yeah. for us anyway. When, so. when we launched a marketplace, we were a 15 man business. So it gives you an idea. Um, and we sell our product exclusively through marketplace. It's not available uh, to purchase anywhere else. Um, so we've we've kind of gone on the journey with marketplace and, and trusted AWS and AWS marketplace to, 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 to develop and take us. And we can see how the features have built out uh, and how, how how marketplace has grown as, as, as we have. And of course, the other, uh, the other vendors that are on there. So it's been really advantageous from that point of view. The other thing I was just thinking was while, while Garth was talking there. The other thing that we really like about, I personally really like about Marketplace is the uh, closeness of the information that we get about our customers. Because essentially what we get is a report every day uh, that we use our own tool to kind of process and transform, uh, which tells us exactly what all of our customers have been doing, uh, down to the you know how many hours of Matillion usage each and every customer has been using every day, and that's brilliant insight for us for running the business, for developing the business, but also uh, for our sales and marketing teams because they can see uh, you know if a customer stopped using the product, they can reach out to that customer and find out why, and uh, and, and and potentially react to that. And we get all that information provided by AWS every single day and we can see how the business is doing every single day and that's uh, that kind of puts you in a whole different mindset in terms of uh, making sure your product is the perfect fit for your customers in the market. Uh, oh, that's a good question. So the, the uh, well, the other great advantage of being in the marketplace is of course that if you, if you deliver the software as an AMI, as Matillion does, you're, you're, de you're delivering the software into that customer's uh, virtual private environment. So it's not like a SaaS solution uh, where, where the, when they're processing data, it leaves uh, their environment, their, their environment they have control over, it all sits inside their own AWS environment. So customers really love that. Uh, what that means is that when you deploy the product, the customer has very, very fine grain control over what 
that what the product can access. So they have fine-grained control about what data it can access, what Redshift clusters it can access, and what other parts of AWS. That's all managed through an IAM role that's attached to the instance uh, at startup time. Um, and uh, yeah, it's very, very granular, uses the full EC2 security system, which anybody who's done much with EC2 will be very familiar with. Uh, but yeah, um, so again, Amazon, basically Amazon provided technology, integrated into marketplace, uh, giving us that fine-grained ability and really giving our customers the reassurance that, you know, we're not, just because putting the software there, we're not able to do things that they wouldn't expect it to do or, or access places they wouldn't want it to access. Yeah, now let me just build a little bit on top of that. So um, I think that actually was the best sort of explanation. Customers know that when they're deploying for marketplace, it's basically inheriting all the security and controls that they've already set up internally. Um, what we do above beyond that is we're actually scanning all of the AMIs sort of on a 24-7 basis. Uh, any new AMI that gets submitted to us, um, we do kind of static code analysis and we do a number of different sort of scanning techniques. Uh, and we also look for best practices. You know, we had recently had to do uh, a takedown because a customer pointed out that there were a handful of, um, I don't want to sort of pick on anybody, there are a handful of vendors that were using uh, a, an open source library that is part of the, um, just basically the, the core distribution actually had a clear text password sort of sitting in the root and there were lots of third-party solutions that had that as a component, and once that was pointed out to us, we actually did a fairly aggressive takedown. So we alerted all the vendors, like we discovered this is a, it wasn't truly a vulnerability, but it was a potential vulnerability, and so we proactively went out there, we alerted all of the vendors that were using those components, we said, look, this is something you just need to go fix, here's sort of our best practices and how you remediate that, and most of them were able to basically take down and repost images that were more secure within 72 hours. And so that, that assurance, um, that we're constantly looking at everything that's coming through the marketplace. Uh, we're scanning it for vulnerabilities. Um, that's sort of very reassuring to customers. There were a couple so, questions here. Yeah, sorry, I should have been absolutely clear on that. So the data doesn't come directly from our product or, and it doesn't come directly from the customer account. It comes from Marketplace. So Marketplace kind of decide exactly what we see. And they're, you know, they're very careful about exactly what, what, what those data points are and they are, you know, what, what can be shared as part of the, the agreements that are, exist between a customer and AWS. But it's AWS providing us with, um, I guess, the minimal amount of data that we need to understand what customers are doing with our, with our, with our product. But there's nothing, uh, we, we, we certainly don't get to decide. Yeah, we're very cautious we about sharing individually identifiable PII. Um, so we can share a lot of aggregate with sellers, you know, by geography, how many customers, how much usage and geography, et cetera, et cetera. We do have several different mechanisms that customers can elect to make a direct connection. Uh, so we have something called product support connection. So if somebody has bought Matillion from the marketplace but actually would like to have a direct relationship with Ed and his team, we have an, an ability for them to basically opt in and say, please share the fact that I'm using Matillion in my account with Ed and his team and then we kind of broker that connection, but that's always with customer consent before we establish that. Yeah, absolutely. Does that answer your question okay? Great. I thought I saw one more hand on this side of the room. Uh, yeah, so um, 
you get to choose the size of the instance. Now, for most vendors on the marketplace, um, they, uh, different vendors do different things. So some will have like the full range of instance sizes. Matillion uh, perhaps has a slightly exotic approach in this, uh, in that we tie certain capabilities of the product to the size of the instance. So we basically sell uh, a medium, a large, and an extra large, like a T2 medium, an M4 large, and an M4X large. Um, and we, we use that instance size to, to tie to the number of concurrent user connections that we allow in the tool. So you, generally, for someone just getting started with a small team of two or three people, the, the, the medium's a great place to start. Uh, and then as they grow, they'll maybe uh, uh, graduate to the large and the extra large. That's a, uh, something that's certainly particular to Matillion. I don't know if that's really common across marketplaces. No, yeah, and, and generally, we're, we're kind of agnostic. It's up to the vendor to decide. Kind of, you know, many many vendors will leave it up to the customer unless they say, "Hey, here's our pricing. It's the same. You choose the underlying instance, you know, depending on your need." As we've introduced more advanced capabilities like support for CloudFormation templates and sort of multi-ami CloudFormation templates, just more recently, um, we give the vendor when they're publishing through us uh, to provide metadata that that will either constrain um, or um, guide to a recommended deployment. Right, so you don't want somebody who's got a very computationally heavy intensive workload deploying to the tiniest possible instance. Nobody's gonna have a great experience with that from a performance perspective. And so um, our tools for, for the publishers, or the vendors in particular, allow them to basically say, uh, give recommended or in some cases actually constrained deployment to specific instance types. That's all through CloudFormation templates. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah, so AWS Marketplace have a system called Product Support Connection, which um, will allow a customer to reach out to us directly. Um, to be honest, most of our customers um, uh, reach out reach out to us. Just they will they will get in touch with us via our support portal and things like that. Um, so we we tend to I would say build a relationship with. 70, 80 percent of our customers, we know, you know, the key people, the people that are using the product. Um, but there certainly are absolutely customers who have uh, decided not to get in touch with us and just use the product. And we see them in the billing, but we know that they haven't contacted us, and we don't contact them because we don't have the details. Um, and, uh, and and that works great as well. I mean, uh, that's that's still great, great business, and it's great that people are using the product up that way. Uh, we, we've been on the marketplace for uh, two years, so we actually launched at reInvent 2015, um, and we were, we were available for a few months before that. Yeah, so uh, um, absolutely. So the, the, the key kind of uh, feature difference, really, uh, with, with, with those tools is Matillion is an ELT tool, which it means it pushes down the data transformations onto uh, the underlying database, Redshift, in the case of, uh, of, of the addition of the product that Citrix, Citrix are using. Um, we're built for the cloud, uh, and we're built around Redshift. So whereas certainly SSIS, Pentaho, Talent are generalist tools, they're great tools, but they are general uh, ETL, e, uh, move, data movement tools, we built our tool for people, specifically for people who wanted to build 
uh, analytics and data warehouses, mostly where Redshift is the end, but not exclusively where Redshift is the end point. So Red, the, the data is going to end up in Redshift, and then you know uh, tools dashboards are going to get built on top of uh, that data set. But the the key thing for Matillion is the uh, e ELT approach, uh, and that has some real nice advantages, performance and scalability being key, but also some of the usability features that we can put into the product because it's ELT. Uh, I encourage anybody that wants to see those directly. We're at booth 508 uh, in the expo, and we can, uh, we can give you a detailed demo over there. So I can add a little bit to that. Um, what we saw was that with the SSIS packages, we were looking at adding resources to our SQL Server engine uh, because the volume of the data being used here is, is huge. Uh, but with Metillion, it's able to harness the power of Redshift. You're already paying for the resources. May as well use it to uh, its full extent. Uh, good question. So what we find with Glue, uh, we see Glue as, as a... Uh, an extension to what we can do with Matillion. So Glue, um, the real difference between Matillion and Glue is the kind of the buyer persona. So Glue is quite a, a technical tool. Uh, it's really designed and aimed at programmers who uh, wanted to write PySpark and uh, develop their jobs that way. It is a, an ETL tool, as in the data is essentially moving into Glue and then from Glue to the target. So it uh, has that kind of twice movement of data, which Matillion uh, eliminates. Um, but Matillion is really designed and aimed, and I think she spoke to this a little bit, it's aimed at uh, uh, users who are it's a, it designed as a zero-code tool, really. So it's a users who aren't going to write code but do want that fine-grained control over how they transform their data uh, and how they build out data pipelines. So that's, that's the kind of the, where we're aiming at. We're going to um, start building out our product to make use of Glue. We already make use of probably about eight or nine different AWS services, things like everything like SES, SQS. Uh, we make integration points in the tool to make that really easy. Uh, we'll probably look at uh, exposing some of the best features that we like in Glue, particularly where we're things like where we're pre-processing, um, pre-processing of data sets, uh, sort of semi-structured data, which Glue is really strong at. We'll incorporate that into the tool and uh, make that as part of a single Matillion pipeline. Which one? Ah, oh, sorry. That is a deployment type. So if you, um, I'll give you uh, like some good examples. So let me go back to the slide. So this is not us um, providing an API for the service natively, although we do have some APIs. Um, we have what's called a CAS API that Ed was referring to that he, he can use to basically extract user data out of the marketplace telemetry to understand what people are using his product. So we do have certain APIs that both sellers and customers can use. This one actually refers to the fact that we have um, some of our vendors actually prefer to make their intellectual property available not as a Amazon machine image or a SaaS application, but they actually vend through an API. So we've got a really uh, tight partnership with uh, uh, both the serverless team and the API gateway team. And so um, you'll see a lot more about this tomorrow when we start talking about machine learning. Um, you know, there's, there's, this is a relatively new one. I think we probably got about a dozen folks that are currently um, basically using that. 
Um, but you'll see a lot more sort of in 2018 as we think more and more people are going to want to make their IP available via an API as opposed to sort of shipping the source code or shipping an image into, into the customer's account. Um, yeah, there's a there's a handful of vendors today that offer uh, geo-informational GIS data sets available through that. So if you want to query, you know, and get sort of, you know, weather data over a certain geographic area or you want to get gridded geospatial data, you know, there's a, there's a lot of geospatial data that you don't need the entire data set, but your application might just want to be able to call into uh, just to get a sip of that data set in, in there. So those are the ones that we have today. Um, there's a couple others. Um, and I'm happy to go into a little bit more detail, but I think this is something that is going to be, it's relatively nascent today. The vast majority of our business is kind of on the left side of the slide. Um, but we think that as people start consuming more and more uh, Lambda functions, data sets, and then API gateway matures, uh, we think this is going to be something that's going to be a lot more popular, popular way to consume IP from third parties. And stay tuned for more from Andy tomorrow morning, and then we can talk more. And if folks are out of questions, like the three of us, we're happy here. We've got about 10 more minutes left in the session. If we just kind of want to wrap and then take any questions sort of offline, feel free to come up and, and talk to us as we kind of end the day. So thank you for spending the afternoon with us. Enjoy the rest of, uh, of your reInvent. Appreciate it.